What's up, everybody? How's it going? What's up with you? Happy day. Have you been staying suspicious? I'm always staying suspicious. <laughs> There's one thing I'm going to do. Stay suspicious. <laughs> I was thinking about that, actually, in terms of um, be- being a child actor. Um, when you're, like, eight years old and you deal with constant rejection, it really... It really kind of like solidifies, it solidifies something in you. <laughs> Your lack of trust in everyone else. <laughs> I was just going to say that. I was like, it really solidifies how you don't get excited about anything until it's like completely real. Oh, it kind of, yeah. like, I don't like when people celebrate things too early. It makes yeah. me very uneasy. I know. It's I'm, like, you know the moment in the action movie, it's like before the actual climax and you think, they think they're in the clear and they like start kissing and there's like someone right behind them right. about to kill him. It's like yeah. that. <laughs> I hate that. That's what I hate. I hate when people in action movies waste time to make out when they're literally still running from the killer. I'm like, get oh, get away. This is why I don't trust humans because they put their desires first. I'm like, That's no. That's good. If, and if, you know, it is sad because um, one of the things that I remember about talking to some of the moms that had been in it for years is they did worry about their children becoming adults that are insecure. Yeah. And so not that I think that that's insecure. Um, but it is, um, as long as it's not overboard, then it, it can serve you, you know? Yeah. It can no, serve I, you. Yeah. I definitely think it does serve me. Yeah. It serves me. You become sense. more discerning and, but then you want to make sure you enjoy the journey too. Cause this is the thing that people do. They get fin- finish line, finish line, finish yeah. line focused, getting something to make themselves feel like they're ready for the reward. Cause I know that you are always, I'm like, Oh, I'm so excited. And you're like, it didn't happen like, it yet. It's not even happening yet. It's not even an idea on paper. You're like, I got to call my five friends and tell them, like, please don't. I have more than five friends. I have a lot of friends. Those are just the phone call friends. Yeah. I feel like you have like five. I do have my basics. You have, you have yeah. your, you have your, your basics. <laughs> my, my your everyday, basics. my everyday calls. And yes. I was going to say, I can my always rare identify who you're on the phone with. Not even hearing their voice, just by what you're you saying tell. to them. I'm like, oh, I know who she's talking to. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that funny? Yeah, it's awesome. I love it. You're one of the only people that calls me. I have like you, dad, and then two friends of mine. And then well, you don't answer it. your phone. So I could imagine that people would eventually give up. <laughs> I'll answer it sometimes. If it's someone out of the blue that calls me, I'll get really curious. But if you're too out of the blue, then I'm like, I'm going to let this go to voicemail and see what's up before I answer. Because I hate <laughs> when people want to ask you a question that they want you to say yes to. So they purposely call you and not text you. So you can't like think of an excuse. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's why I'm like, if you do that to me, I'll just be brutally honest and be like, no, I don't want to. <laughs> That's one of the things that I actually work with a lot of adults on is being able to stand in those moments, mm-hmm. um, whether it be, you know, handling a tough conversation at work or a mm-hmm. uncomfortable conversation in relationships or whatever it is, being able to in the moment process it. It's like flossing. It takes a little skill. It's like flossing. It's <laughs> you're so proud of yourself because you're a flosser. I am a flosser. And I will, a flossers will only date flossers. I'm not going <laughs> to date a man who doesn't floss. That's where I, that's my boundary. <laughs> I love it. I think that's wonderful. There's, I, I, good horal yeah. Or good, good I have oral. floss supremacy. <laughs> 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 because now I'm like, oh, you don't floss? Hmm. <laughs> but dental health is actually really important. Yes, it is. I haven't got my cl- teeth cleaned in a few years, but I take really good care of my teeth. <laughs> Well, you do. You do great. You're awesome at that. Mm. You've got all kind. You got a whole regimen for everything. <laughs> I feel sorry for your future boyfriend slash husband, whatever he is. What? Because he's gonna have to deal with all your regimens. <laughs> <laughs> My nighttime routine. Sorry, I can't make it. <laughs> Like, oh, that gets in the middle of the way of my nighttime routine. That cuts into my afternoon routine. Yeah. I have a morning routine. <laughs> I'm kidding. All the routines. Kind of. I love it. Yeah, it's hard to merge with people. What was I going to say? Something about um, <clears throat> standing in their own at work or whatever. Oh, I said yeah. it's like flossing because I'm like, it sucks to do it. But you just got to lean into it. Yeah. You got to. Yes. Exactly. You got to lean into it. That's you, what I think. That, and what happens is, like you're saying, you, when you lean into it, you realize, oh, that wasn't so bad. I'm, yes. I'm actually can say no and they're still my friend and everything worked out okay. Yeah, it's never that yet. Yeah, there's the good news and the bad news is nothing is ever as good or as bad as you probably <laughs> think it's going to be, which is like it's, it's very freeing. Yes. But yeah, I really like leaning into things because it takes away all the power from it. You know what I mean? Yes. Like and that really, reminds me, I took your advice. Oh, what'd you do? <laughs> what, what advice? I give so much. No, this was, remember when we talked okay. about the Ouija board mm-hmm. and the nighttime mirror that I was afraid of Oh, the you mirror. looked in the mirror? <laughs> I looked in the mirror. I faced it. It wasn't that bad. Wait, did you? I, 
you, did you just like happen to walk by or was it no like every night go i go to the it? restroom it's my okay. thing you know because i drink too much water <laughs> before thing. i go to bed no one else does it it's my thing <laughs> every night i just I, I think there's people that sleep through the night i hate that oh, i have yeah. to get up in the middle of the night to go it's use a blood the sugar thing i never well, sleep all the I way drink through. too late if I would cut it up, but I'll just down something before I go to bed because I'm like, oh, I forgot to take this supplement and that supplement or whatever, whatever the reason. And so, or I have hot tea with you, whatever. Mm-hmm. It keeps me up. And that that chick in the mirror that I've been avoiding. Bloody Mary. <laughs> she just needs a Bloody Mary. <laughs> she wasn't so bad. She, she, she had on the same pajamas I did. <laughs> so we had a lot in common. <laughs> So, but no, it was good. And I started, I really thought about it. I was like, you know, that's kind of funny because my old bathroom, I could walk into and not look at the mirror. Mm-hmm. Like I, I wasn't even facing the mirror, but I like go <laughs> right at it, you know? And so now so your I'm geography like, forced you yeah, into it. So, so I appreciate you helping me get over that. And it's true because I do believe whatever it is, it's so much easier just to face it, mm-hmm. especially if it's a fear. Mm-hmm. I think those are the ones we need to tick off first. I so, agree. Thank you. What are the you're fears? A good, you're a good coach. You're a good um, horror and Ouija board. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> free freedom from mirror. Uh, what's her name? Bloody Mary. Bloody Mary. Yeah, you freed me. That's what you got to do. You just got to do it <laughs> once, and then you, and then it takes away. <clears throat> takes, that's what All they the do power. with people with extreme phobias. I think like severe arachnophobia and stuff like that. They mm-hmm. just slowly expose them to spiders. Yep. I need to do that with myself with needle phobia, but. Yes. But I just don't have any desire to give my blood away. <laughs> well, you could do acupuncture again. Yeah, but that's not, that's not, a sc- it doesn't hurt. So it doesn't. Yeah. It's not like the, it's not a fear. The really. same. Yeah, no. You want me to poke you? <laughs> no. Oh my gosh. <laughs> we can sterilize a needle. I feel and- like it wouldn't be bad if you got IVs in like the middle of your arm. It's just the fact that it's in such a vulnerable area that I don't like. Yeah, but Does the veins aren't there. Yeah. That's where your fat and muscle is. Yeah, they could if they could do it from there. I yeah. think it'd be fine. But, be like, ugh. Ugh. It gives me the heebie-jeebies. Um, all right, mom. Yeah, babe. I'm gonna ask you a question. Oh, it's time for let me ask let my me mom. Let me ask my mom. We got a question. Are you ready? We got one. Yay. Okay. What is the appropriate amount of time dating someone new after a divorce, and how long did you wait? That's a great question. Um, and so. <clears throat> There's so many different situations because oftentimes um, with divorce, there's different situations. Like I know people who had lived separate for three years before they got their divorce, Mm -hmm. right? And so, of course, I wouldn't suggest that they wait as long as somebody that just separated, Mm -hmm. you know. Um, I think it's a function less of time than I do of where they are emotionally Mm -hmm. and pretty much... Any relationship you come out of, doesn't matter if you're in high school, because it's just as important to somebody in high school or college as it is to somebody who's been married for 20 years. Love is love. And when there's a breakup, there's a lot of pain and there's a lot of emotional disturbances. And a lot of times people don't realize that if they don't learn those lessons, then they they attract either the same mm-hmm. or the polar opposite. Mm-hmm. And so you'll you'll end up on this huge pendulum swing when really if you would have just faced some of your emotions, faced some of your fears, faced some of the things that you needed to do to improve you and not worry so much about who who you just, you know, left, then then you'll find yourself in a better and more mature space and you'll have more to offer people because people read that you know Mm -hmm. they don't know they read energy but people read energy you can tell a desperate woman you can tell a desperate man you know like he just got divorced and he's already calling people you know that kind of thing so it just depends depends on how long they were separated it depends on all that yeah what do you think i I, I love getting your opinion i don't know i think it's different for everyone yeah i mean but also i think that i mean I don't think that that's necessarily true because I, I think the most evolved person in the world couldn't be like three days later like, oh, I'm ready to date now. I think some people can actually really trick themselves into... I think this is it's a double-edged sword of being... If you're extremely emotionally intelligent and if it have to be like... You probably wouldn't have been with them in the first place. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's probably true. But um, I have to put me back. Sorry. <laughs> She's doing the ballet thing over here. Okay. Um, 
Um, what was I saying? You were talking about if you were extremely emotionally mature, you couldn't just like three days later start dating somebody. Yeah, I think that's weird. I think I mean, it's, yeah, that's. Weird. I do. I think people need some time. And so, if I were to say, like, if it was a normal deal where somebody, I think it depends on how old just your kids broke are up and and they're they're separated or divorced, and and it's only been you know a year. Mm-hmm. I I don't think you're ready. Yeah. I mean, literally, my own personal like when I was dating. I was always like, I want them at least two years out of whatever relationship it was, if it was marriage, because there's so many entanglements with marriage, especially mm-hmm. if there's children or yeah. dogs. <laughs> yeah, basically the same thing. Yeah. To a lot of people. It's interesting, too, because there's that whole thing about how during a breakup or a divorce, like women are worse off right away. Yeah, I remember you talking about so that. So, like, right away, women will be like a mess, like crying, blubbering, like whatever going through all of that and then men at first will seem like okay and then it hits them like it's like a delayed response and then they get worse as they go along but women go through those emotions right Right. away and then get better as they go along yeah which i can definitely see that happening yeah for sure because guys are used to or have been trained to bypass Mm -hmm. which is not a good thing they gotta look in the mirror for bloody mary (laughs) the emotional mirror to find your emotional bloody mary (laughs) It does not sound like fun. If the therapist ever said that to me, I'd be like, I have to go. Yeah. <laughs> no, thanks. I'm good. You're not, you're I would rather I'd rather die unhappy. <laughs> I feel like a lot of these like stupid like social construct rules that we follow like really would fall away. Because I feel like everyone started acting different when COVID first happened. Everything first shut down and everyone thought it was extremely dangerous and we were all maybe going to die, which is weird. Because I remember driving around on the streets during those weeks. It was empty. Completely. It was a I was wondering if town. it was legal to ride, like, get out on the street. I was like, are they going to stop me? Like, yeah, it yeah. Was, it's weird, but it's weird how, I, like, when things like that happened, how many things stopped mattering. Yeah. Like, there was a, a, a suspense in um, all of these things that happened. Like, cancel culture wouldn't exist if there was a true apocalypse, which is funny because it's just proof that it's us with too much time on our hands and yeah. too many resources. The, and too spoiled, many that are, the spoiled ones. Yeah, it's like, it's a, it's a, um, it's a result of a really it's like, great spoiled insight. mentality almost. Yes, yeah, it's a great Because if you're not worried about survival, you have time to think about other things, which you shouldn't have to be worried about survival. Right, but you no. shouldn't also, but I think that as humans, we don't know what to do if we're not in that kind of mode. So we replace it with negative things, but it's just interesting. No, I'm so glad you brought that up because this is something that I believe that everyone should hear in the world. Yes, in the whole when world. When you finally, I do. This is like really the whole world. <laughs> the whole world knows, needs to know this. So I look at it like, if, if I am mastering myself mm-hmm. or if I'm helping someone master themselves, what you have to do is you have to look at the underbelly, right? Mm-hmm. And so what's happened is there's a portion of us that are living one way and there's a portion of us that are living another way. And instead of everyone that has money or a success or whatever just stays in their little bubble, I really think that if more people were to help other people, you know, here, this is how you fish, you know, mm-hmm. this is where you get this, this is how you do this, you, people would feel so connected. Mm-hmm. They would feel so, um, there's a feeling that you get from from contributing to society mm-hmm. that people don't realize they're missing out on. Yes, because in, in the richer, more affluent areas, you don't need to rely on other people, so you right. lose that sense of community and your sense of personal responsibility to your own community. Right. Whereas people who have to rely on each other learn how to work within a community and to contribute and to receive and right i was reading but then also sometimes because it's a community like that and there are no resources or at least they don't think there's resources they don't understand their spiritual resources then you've got people who are competing fighting stealing you know that kind of stuff yeah so there's i mean everything across the board but i do believe that the happiness in this world would be just like massively heightened if everyone would reach out and and help one person Mm -hmm. in any way whether it be a charity whether it be personal whatever it is yeah i think that yeah and you don't have to go far either i think that people think that's like to like help people you have to like yeah like people like go all the way to taiwan or yeah yeah. go on mission trips like to a different continent it's like there's so many people who need help here yeah 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 think about where was it that your friend um emily went was it the dream uh Dream Center yeah. in LA. Mm-hmm. Such a great mm-hmm. concept, what they do there. Yeah. Very cool. And what did you think? You were young when you did that. What did you think of did what? experiencing, you know, going out on Skid Row with her? and? Um, 
I only went once. So, yeah, I mean, it's just that's what they did every single Saturday. That was like her job, basically. Um, it was it was just interesting. It's kind of like it's, it is people judge it so different. And I think that's people judge homeless people so much. They talk about them like they're not real humans. And like every one of them is like this dangerous drug addict gun wheelie. Like every time you pass, like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I think that everyone assumes every time they see a homeless person, it's the worst, the worst. Yeah. But that's not that's not the case what it was, at yeah. all. Um, and so and it was just a different community. Like they're within every single block there was people there and that was their lives and that was their homes it was yeah. interesting to see yeah but um but it's yeah it's bad in la it's really bad but that's i think that's how that started was a, a mental hospital shut down and they bust is all it of, big have you been there it's 80 blocks skid row no no okay i thought you meant the dream center i'm sorry oh no no, no. got it i'm um, wow 80 blocks they but that's how it starts. They a mental hospital shut down was like in like the forties or fifties or something like that, and they bust every single one of them to the streets of Los Angeles and just dumped them off. So, like, of course, a bunch of people who cannot take care of themselves because right. they have di- well, mental disabilities. If it if it's true, yeah, if it's that if that's what it is, and it's not an addiction or some sort of brain injury or you know something, but there's so many reasons that somebody could be in that position. And I love those stories of those people that go in and do their hair and you know make them beautiful for the day or you know whatever it is it's got to make them feel great I think we contribute to it like you were saying Mm -hmm. we make it worse energetically by judging them by Mm -hmm. assuming the worst from not wanting to be around it being afraid of it and so that was a really good point yeah also they hate when people it's like oh if you give them money they're gonna spend it on drugs I'm like okay so then they're just gonna withdraw and die on the side of the street like it's not my business. If I chose to give them money, that's none of my business what they do with it. That's like giving someone a book for Christmas and being like, oh, well, you didn't read the book. I'm not going to give you another gift. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's rude. Like, yeah, I know it's being like, you don't conditional wanna... giving. Yeah, it is conditional giving. Like if it's five dollars, like it's, yeah. you know what I mean? And obviously it's up to you. You don't have to give your cash out to um, panhandlers yeah. or whatever. But um, I give people money, really but I give know. them a lecture first. <laughs> Why? <laughs> I'd be like, um, can I have extra money for no, that lecture? No, not in a bad way, in, in a good way. And I'll like, you know, I'll even get a hug from them and everything because I see them, if that makes sense. The what few that I have, you know, given cash out on the street, mm. it's, it's, I make it intimate, if that makes sense. <laughs> that sounds Well, terrifying. you know what I'm saying. I give them cash and I, I make it intimate. I, <laughs> I look at them, I talk to them, I, 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 think that makes I sense. hear them. I think a lot of people kind of, Act like they don't even see him, you know? Yeah. Right, right. Mm-hmm. And I'll do that if they scare me. Sometimes I'll just get like my sixth sense up and I'll be like, this doesn't feel right. Like I don't, I don't feel safe around this person. Yeah. And I just trust my instincts. Mm-hmm. It's different if it's like nighttime, you're not going to feel safe around yeah. any person around and, you. And the times that I have, it's been moms with kids. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's a really good point, Car. Yeah. Um, but we were talking about uh, dating after divorce. I wonder this because I feel like everyone has different rules on this. If you go on a date with a person, right. it doesn't mean that you're dating them. Or does it mean that you're dating them? Well, I mean, I think or everyone, is it different for everyone, yes. Every single person, you know, because I'll, I'll, I'll be talking to like one of the kids I mentor and he'll be dating somebody that I think he's dating. Mm-hmm. And then I find out, no, we're not dating. We're just hanging out. So mm-hmm but they're going to dinner they're you know well, no, 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 it no, looks I mean, like, like dating yeah but i mean like they're the having first, intimate no, 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 the first few dates like you can go on a few dates with someone without dating them because think about it, if you go well, from that's a stranger different. Someone, you're right that's yeah. different but i don't i don't do that we already okay, well, discussed i'm not that. asking you no, but yeah. i just mean generally yeah no i yes i think that's considered dating also going on one date with someone yeah so you'd say that oh i'm dating them no no. Right? See, but I'm why going that, on a but, date. But why is that verbiage so different and I, so I don't weird? Know. I don't know. And why does it matter? But see, I think that we put too much pressure because I, I think that if you admit that you're dating someone, you automatically then feel responsible for having to Well, that's up. why I pulled off of dating. I'm just like hang out. You would I'm just y- hanging out. You're just hanging out? Yes. Mm-hmm. That's no different than dating, technically. There's going to be a mutual cool. understanding before you can declare. I think that's yes. what it is, too. Yeah. I just think that the communication, the clarity needs to be there. Because if you tell them how you're feeling about it and they don't feel comfortable with it, then don't go. But if they do, great. Everybody's happy. Have you ever been super in love with someone that didn't love you back? Never. That's nice. <laughs> <laughs> I have had a crush on somebody once. Um, and he wouldn't date me because I had dated his brother. 
That's which a is good nice. Yes, yeah, yeah, it is. But I did have a crush on him. So, have you, Carlo? No, I haven't. Carly's never really been crazy in love with anybody. Never had been in a seriously because I don't want to get. I'm You're not like, trying to get married. Yeah, why but you you had crushes someone? though. Yeah, of course I've had yeah. crushes. That'd be very disturbing if I came on here like, nope, never liked anyone in my life. <laughs> Anyways, the world ending. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> what's your version of Revelations? <laughs> oh my gosh! When I used to read the freaking Bible as a kid and read Revelations, I remember being like, dear, dear God. Please, whatever you do, just make sure my life is over before the revelation <laughs> happens because I really don't want to live through this. And then now I'm like, why do I don't want to be living through all of this? It does seem biblical. It does seem biblical. You were cracking me up the other day when you were listing all the things and you're like, things are falling out of the sky. And I was like, what yeah, are you in talking Den- about? Things yes. falling out of the plane, but you were right. Things <laughs> fell out of the sky in Denver. The, an engine. the plane yeah. fell out of the sky. <laughs> an engine on the airplane. kidding me? It's Nowhere safe. Crazy. Yeah, that was funny. And then we've had earthquakes and we've had fires and we've had wild we had hail pestilence and like a tornado warning last night. Yeah, it was loud. Mm-hmm. Yes, there's been a lot going on. Yeah, there's on. been a lot of evidence that points towards a little, it seems a little revelation y. <laughs> Getting a little bit of an end times vibe. So, <laughs> yes. So make sure that your uh, faith is in order. Mm hmm. And that you know how to use weapons of uh, holy war. Get your tactical suit on. Weapons of holy war. God's <laughs> God's armor. <laughs> God's armor, prayer, fasting, incense, whatever you got. Well, I'm going to go repent right after the show. There you go. Repenting. I forgot. That's another really good one, by the way. I've been repenting like crazy lately. I thought you only did that for your sins. I literally, if I accidentally judge somebody, like when I judged that guy about his eyebrows last time. Oh. (laughs) It's like, I repent, I repent, I repent. I'm so sorry. (laughs) Because I'm judging him. You're not judging him. I am totally ju- I was judging him. If you have eyebrows like that, you're inviting <laughs> yes. people to judge you're you. You're asking people to you talk about it. You are asking people to judge but you. But I wasn't like appreciating it. I'm giving him Appreciating t- for what? <laughs> He's not, it's not at peace at the MoMA. <laughs> You're right, though. He's inviting criticism. He's inviting criticism, for sure. Good and bad. But I, does he know that he's inviting it? Yeah, that's yeah. another thing. I yeah, it's a statement. This. I'm so sorry, God. <laughs> I'll, I will, if I make judgments about, see, I, if, I mean, judgments like that, if they're true, then I'm like, well, who am I to repent for that? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not resisting any repentance lately. No, I will, but I'll apologize to people in my head if I say something yeah. mean and oh, quick in my so head. Yeah, that's so cute. I like well, yeah. that. That's I mean, a good I know tool. I didn't say it out loud, but I'll apologize in my head. I'm like, I'm so sorry. Yeah. I'm like, my higher self is going to apologize to your higher self. We'll work this out in the astral realm. <laughs> I like that. That's a really, that is a very good tool. Yeah. Because you know what happens when that happens is you change the timeline already mm-hmm. by doing that. And so you're more likely for the two of you to have closure. If it's even anyone you know, I mean, if you're just passing, yeah. Driving past somebody and your son screams out, Mom, look how fat she is. Oh, yeah, Dane did that. Did we oh tell the story on gosh. him? Oh, gosh. I don't know. It was horrible. It was so embarrassing. <laughs> we'll see what happened. <laughs> no, I just told you what happened. We were driving down the road okay, and we stopped at a okay, stoplight. Dane, my brother, who was how old at the time? Dane was probably seven or eight. Okay, you're in but a convertible. But he looks like he's 12 because yeah. he's so tall and yeah. big. And and he's sitting in the seat next to me and we have, you know, all the top down, like we're just riding and we pull up and we're at a light and there's this very large woman who was very like, you know, she's out there trying to work out. Mm-hmm. She's good. Um, but he's like, Mom, look how fat she is. <laughs> and I could, I like literally. Oh, no. Did not. I just went like this. I just went like that. I was so I hadn't I didn't know what to say. Yeah. And then I just was like But did she say anything? No. No. She just kept going. She gave me her bitch face. <laughs> I don't blame her. It was horrible. Yeah, kids are so funny about stuff like that. Well, because they're just so honest. I know. It's they really they're like because they're not socially aware yet. Yeah. And so then people can't reprimand them for yeah. saying things like that. Should we make kids socially aware? <laughs> or should we leave them that way? I mean, like you try like you try, like you'll see kids say something and their mom's like, You can't say that. And I'm like, <laughs> but they kinda can. Yeah. <laughs> and they did. <laughs> but I mean, it's important to be aware of people's feelings. Um 
I also think that so much of gaining weight is so it's like a spiritual consequence as well and like an energetic thing and I think that there's like a legitimate addictions to food which are the food industries literally support and manufacture their food to be addictive um by what adding like ms ingredients? monosodium glutamate there's yeah. a lot of there's a lot of debate but some people are like oh it's harmless and then some people are like it's an excitotoxin which means it excites your um brain cells to the yeah. point of death and it makes you think that you've eaten less so it makes you crave more and that's in literally everything like anything that's yeah, processed most restaurants yeah most restaurants use it and it's like in, so there's a reason they're using it yeah it's yeah. not like grandma handed down that recipe <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. It might be. I have no idea. I don't know enough about it. So I recently talked to a friend of mine who is a trainer. Mm-hmm. And we had a, a really deep spiritual conversation. And then he was asking me, it's like, how, you know, have you been doing during COVID? On, and I'm like, well, <laughs> probably gained about, I don't know, nine pounds. Which is like nothing. And, but it's still like. I mean, yeah, but not really. It's still, I've gained weight and I haven't been working out. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've been walking a little bit, getting in my sauna, you know, jumping on the little trampoline, but not working out. Training. And he's, he was really getting on me and I, I liked it. Mm -hmm. And he was, he was pointing out that what you were just saying about they're connected. Mm -hmm. And he goes, so you can claim, you know, all of the spiritual um, gifts in one area but there's something missing mm-hmm. in another area if the fruit isn't there for the body of the temple to be honored. I agree. And um, I was like, well, I'm eating healthy. <laughs> Mostly. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a really good point, babe. I agree. Yeah, I think it's judged too harshly because everyone's like, oh, it's like um, it's like their fault. It's like they overeat. If you just eat less and work out, you lose weight, which is true. I mean, scientifically, it's true. But that's like looking at an addict and being like, oh, if you stop taking heroin, you'll 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 gain weight back and you won't be an addict anymore. It's like, OK, yeah, in theory, that's very true. But it's very it's a lot harder. Yes. And I think that when, when you're the one facing it. Yeah. I think when someone has an emotional reliance on food, it's so difficult to overcome that because it's not like drugs and alcohol where you can avoid it. You have to have it or you literally die. Yeah, that's You have true. to build a relationship with on it where it's giving you life. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so. It's a very good point. I think that's really nuanced and I don't like, and I think that's like a lot of women gain weight after being sexually assaulted because they don't want to be uh, appealing, Sexy. which mm-hmm. is crazy. Yeah. Like, and it's, um, but there's so many, there's so many layers. And I think there's a lot of things. I think a lot of wounds that don't get solved, get yes. filled with food specifically. Yeah. yeah. Um, which is why I stopped. I didn't eat dessert for a whole year because that is my, that's my comfort. And even it's like a small inconvenience. Yeah. I love, you know, I love comforting myself. I'm yeah. like, Oh, well, got to take the edge off of this. <laughs> this long, very easy day I've had, but, <laughs> but it really does change your it did because my goal was to change my and I just don't really crave sugar that much anymore no yeah you've been doing it. you've been doing great but really really good I think um I think you know talking about this made me think that this is more of a female conversation yeah and yeah. It, I got a comment from one of um the people that listened they sent me a message on my um on my website and and they were saying that like i'm a guy and you guys should bring in more guy work or you know like talk about things that guys would like so what what's your thought on that on us talking about that or on here's okay so here's my thing and i don't think this applies to all guys because i I don't believe in generalizations me neither good job however there is that thing about how i remember when i was an actor and i was like eight years old and they would tell you there's for every 80 girls in acting, there's 10 to 12 guys. And for every 80 roles for a young boy actor, there's two to five roles for a young girl. Because people are less likely, like if Harry Potter was Harriet Potter, people, <laughs> there's they think that it wouldn't have been as successful because women will watch male-led. Like if you start asking people what podcast they listen to, and if it's... If it's a female, I bet you'll get a mix of both male and female podcasts, which might not be true. I know a lot of women who listen to women-only podcasts, but they do. I don't. I listen to I listen everything. to a wide variety. Yeah, it's truly everything. Me too. But I, I I've never ever met a guy whose podcasts they love to listen to were female-led. Right. Like oh, their favorite ones. Like yes. they'll listen to them, but they're never like, oh my god, that's my favorite one. Yeah. And so I think that if they are hearing us struggle with our like issues <laughs> with our bodies, they're like, oh, this shit's boring. I'm Turn checking it off. out. Yeah. You know what I mean? Whereas a girl is like, oh my god, I want to get into the mind of a guy, but they don't care to get into our minds because they like have a better shit to think about. They're like, can a crocodile take on a shark in a fight? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like it's just like they have different. Their brains are wired differently. Different, they're yeah. not like. Yeah. Which I don't think that's a bad thing necessarily. No, no, I absolutely, I, I totally agree. I just I was curious if it's something that we should stay conscious of so that we can include all of our 
our male listeners. What do you think, Kev? Are we boring? No, I, I, honestly, <laughs> um, I think that's a bit of a generalization. Guys do have body issues and whatnot that's true. as oh, well. That's true. You know? Yeah. And um, it's also, for certain people, it's way easier to stay in shape, you know? Some people just have really oh, good yeah, metabolism. yeah, you're right. You're right. And those are the people that I think, you know, really we hate. should give, Yes, this <laughs> yeah. whole, honestly, you should give people more like grace. Like my nephew Jackson. Because, yeah. you know, if you don't have that issue, you should give people a little more grace. Who yeah, do no, you're right. you don't know what that's like. And no, that's true. I totally agree. But I also think a lot so of, plenty of guys out there So now I'll call my trainer friend and I'll say, get off my ass. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I'm no, actually like, okay, well, you have to train me now. <laughs> He's like, all right, come on. And I think a lot of y'all's topics do appeal to both, to both. men and oh, women. Well, They're thank not, you. you're not, it's not hyper uh, feminine. Well, good. good to, maybe he just listened to one. You never know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think you know. it's just going to be feminine yeah. perspectives. Yeah. That's the issue. And, and if you're looking at it on camera, it does look a bit Yes, yeah, because it's very know. pink. Yeah. <laughs> I like pink. So, um, yeah. Do we have a uh, non-current event? Oh, yeah. Let me, hold up one second. Let me find it. Okay. You find your non-current event. You take over. And I was going to share something that I thought was amazing because I just happened to come across this one article that was talking about really cool gadgets. And um, one of them was prosthetics that have a sense of touch. Mm-hmm. That is so badass. That would be awesome. Because think about how incredible it would be just to have the hands that they now have that can grab things, mm-hmm. you know? And and it goes with a chip in your brain or however however it connects to the nerves and up in in their arm, but now that they can feel, mm-hmm. <gasps> that just made me so happy. I don't want to lose a limb, but I want to know what that feels like. You do? Well, yeah. Oh I mean, my gosh, I don't really have any. I'm to, so curious to, to know what that would actually and development feel like. In that yeah. <laughs> That's, I mean, I wonder if it feels like the way it does to you and I. You know? I'm yeah. Just curious. Well, and it, going back to last week where I was talking about the energetics where, you know, you have the phantom, you know, where they feel them when they're not there and stuff. It's kind of, it's wild. Oh, where people who've had a, a amputated, amputation. they feel like it's still there? Yeah, yeah. they itch or, or it hurts or whatever, whatever it is. Um, I thought that one was really cool. And then the other one that I thought was really cool that I thought you would love, Carlisle, is it's called the Super Megalib Train. And it's um, Chinese researchers that have been looking into a phase of train transportation. It's like a tube. It will go up to 260 miles an hour easy, and it would ultimately be able to go 1,800 miles per hour. That means like you could get to California in like an hour. Yeah. That's so cool. How far is it from here to California? By train? Uh, no, just just miles. Just I have no idea. I'm gonna look. I don't know either. I'm gonna look it Honestly, up. Honestly, twelve or thirteen hundred, but I really don't have that much of an idea. Um, that's like they've been trying to build a train from that would get you Dallas to Austin in like thirty minutes. But yeah, I don't know, like I've been hearing about that for like Same. a decade. That's what I was gonna say. Like these things are like so. In actually, the you so could like, get to LA in less than an hour. Yes, you would just. But I wonder what that would feel like. To I mean, you're getting like G's going. You're. you're I don't know. Or they must pressurize it or something. I don't know. I don't know how yeah, they do if it. If there's but, an accident, you're screwed. Yeah, it's like a plane. But you're in a show. tube, so how are you going to get an accident? Unless the tube, like, I don't know. There's always a way. Life finds a way, as they say. It's one of my favorite quotes from a movie because it's so life applicable. Definitely oh. finds a way. Okay. Are you ready for a non-current event? Sure. Okay. So, 300 years ago, before envelopes, passwords, I'm reading this as a, this is a CNN article, um, and security codes, writers often struggled to keep thoughts, cares, and dreams expressed in their letters private, right? Because you had to mail a letter, but it's hard to keep it private. But there is something called letter locking, which is where you intricately fold the letter, and it becomes its own envelope. Isn't that cool? Yeah. It's like letter origami, basically. And it became a challenge when 577 letters delivered to the Hog in Netherlands between 1686 and 1706 were found in a trunk of undelivered mail. So there's 577 locked letters spanning um, years found in a trunk of undelivered mail, and they never found their final receipts. And they didn't want to open them because they would damage them because this papers like what, 300, right. yeah. 300 or 400 years just old. just be like dust. Yeah, and there's like wormholes in it and stuff. And it's like yellow. And so they used an x-ray scanner to open the letter. Wow. I know. And so there was a, where is it? That's so cool. 
yeah there was a who what was his name it's, it is interesting how they had to, there's like, you had to create ways, or I guess you could like talk in code or something if you were concerned, you know? Yeah, there's a contents of a letter dated July 31st, 1697 from someone Dang. named Jacques to his cousin named Pierre, the most French duo <laughs> you've Jacques ever Pierre. heard <laughs> Jacques Pierre. A French merchant certified that he was just asking his cousin for a certified death notice. And then there's this giant trunk full of locked letters. Wow, that's so interesting. I know, right? Where do you find this stuff? You're random. You would hope it would be like a treasure map or something. <laughs> oh my gosh, I know. But I think about that all the time. Like, Think about those 577 letters that were sent and with never... the anticipation of being read. Yeah. That just never were read. You know what? The mail system is not as good as it used to be. <laughs> what? Because I think it's worse now. <laughs> oh. Do people still send letters? Well, I mean, like, I I send in our, you know, rent for lease. Mm-hmm. And I sent rent last month. Mm-hmm. Doesn't get there. Landlord's really sweet. I'm like, I sent it. It was in a black envelope. And I'm sure he was like, yeah, yeah. But anyway, I sent another one. And then, like, four days ago, which was, like, you know, the 20 whatever, mm-hmm. 24th, he just got it. And I had oh, wow. sent it like the first or before the first. That's a long time. No, it's That's crazy. Bad. I know. It was ridiculous. So um, I, I, I came across an interesting title. This is so 10 historical figures who died unusual deaths. And there was the first one was so interesting to me. I'm like, OK, I definitely want to share this with Carlisle. So his name was Rasputin. He was a Russian mystic mm-hmm. healer and society figure um, who led a life that was as crazy as his death. Um, he, he allegedly had powers because he was healing people and apparently he healed like the czar's son and it just became like this big deal. He quickly became a powerful figure in the Romanov court and was even rumored to be having an affair with the queen herself. Or they, what did they call her? The Empress? Whatever. Um, and so, long story short, it goes to they decided that they, they want to get rid of him. They could, the, uh, the royal family wanted to get rid of him for whatever reason. I have no idea. It doesn't stay here. But it says that first they poisoned him with cakes laced with cyanide. But this had no effect on this monk at all. Rasputin then calmly asked the nobles for some wine, which they also poisoned, and he had three glasses, and he did not die. (laughs) He showed no signs of ill health. He shocked the nobles, and so as he was walking out, they shot him in the chest with a revolver, thinking him dead. As they approached his body, he leapt up and attacked them, and then they and and then he fled the the palace um, courtyard. The nobles pursued him, shot him again, this time through the forehead, and then they wrapped his body and dumped him in a river. But no one knows if he is actually confirmed dead. What? <laughs> Yeah, is that man, crazy? Fucking Russians, man. <laughs> Damn. That's hardcore. I think the Russians Okay, get- if you shoot someone and they get up and walk away, that's they're allowed to leave. Yeah. <laughs> that's Right, you beat the system. Man. Yeah, you beat the, That's like there's literally an article on this one guy who um died in jail and came back to life he but he had a um he had a life sentence and he was like how is that i technically not completed my life sentence because i just died yeah and came back yeah my life's over that life's dead that's a good point i think i think when people have clever thoughts like that you should you let them go but yeah if i shot someone and they got back up i'd be like lord this is this is for you <laughs> this is for you to handle yeah and so the other one that surprised me was that Attila the Hun mm-hmm. died of a nosebleed in his sleep. Oh, whoa. this guy who went and conquered worlds got apparently too drunk one night, according to this story. And apparently he got a nosebleed and it started like choking him out, I guess, while he was sleeping. And he didn't know because he was so drunk. Um, and so he died. Isn't that crazy? I never knew that about Attila the Hun. There is that show A Thousand Ways to Die. Yeah, I don't know if it was true, like true, but people used to die some weird ass ways. But it is crazy. It's crazy how resilient we are, and then how fragile we are at the same time. Like I met a man at a bar one time who, who he he flipped a snowmobile over a cliff. What fell off of it, and a snowmobile fell on him, and he survived. Like oh my that's gosh, I, that's crazy, right? I guess the snow saved him. 
I don't know. Yeah, he was obviously super, super, super injured, but... I know a guy who flew out of an airplane. His parachute didn't deploy. Plummeted <gasps> all the way to the ground. Walked up unscathed. I have a friend. There's video that of it and everything. It's to crazy. Her. Same thing happened to her. I have a friend that she survived a bad parachute. That's Seriously? A, how is that possible? She she landed in a swamp, and that's what saved her. So there's one more I wanted to share with you. <laughs> mm-hmm. Blackbeard. So he's a famous pirate, mm-hmm. and um, it says that um, in November of 1718, Lieutenant Robert Maynard. Um, launched a surprise attack against Blackbeard, and he entered. Um, as he entered, guests board aboard his ship. After a long struggle, Blackbeard was surrounded by the Maynard's men, who began to shoot him and slash at him with their swords. Blackbeard, fin- Blackbeard finally perished after sustaining extraordinary number of injuries. An examination of his body showed that he was shot five times and received twenty sword um, wounds. Equally shocking was that he had a letter that was discovered on his corpse, which showed that the governor of North Carolina was colluding with Blackbeard and his privates. This is how long or pirates <laughs> politicians this, have been. Corrupt. I was. <laughs> <laughs> That's where I was going with this. Now one. it's I'm not like, Blackbeard. It's this fucking sounds Apple. like Illuminati or something. <laughs> Blackmail. It's. Uh, can you imagine? Like, it's been going on. There's nothing well, makes sense. I've never met someone new who under the I sun. think is a a beautiful, ethical um, person of their Me? word that Me. gets into politics. Oh, yeah. Nobody because no good people want to get into politics. It wouldn't be a natural vibration. Yeah, I totally agree. You almost have to be like a little sociopathic. Yeah. Or is narcissistic. It, like be morally yeah. flexible, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I think so as well. And bossy. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I want to run the country, or I want to run the state, or whatever. I agree. That's a really good point. Hopefully in the future, we'll be, like, more, like, well, self-governing. Yes. That's what, because that's what, that's what liberty is, really. Right. And then all these things that we've just accepted. I know, like, all the rules and laws. Yeah, there's just, there's just out of hand. Slow encroachments, and it happens over a long period of time. Yes. That's why I don't understand anyone who wants more government. I'm just like, what, 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 how, how is that going to solve anything? Like people like tax the rich more. I'm like, so you agree that this, that they've been doing what they should with our taxes. That's where you want more of it to go. (laughs) You want more of the taxes to go to where where they've decided. That's just deciding, like giving money out to random countries all the time for random things and then not taking care of their own people. Yeah. It's weird, but. Well, and if churches were used properly, um, we probably wouldn't need government, you know, because people would be um, instilling character, yeah. you know, over all things. And then because you have character, you care about well, somebody yeah, else having character. Have character. And it's contagious, right? If you raise people that way. There's always, but yeah, but not everyone's going to have character. So I understand that people want some laws, but the more I think about a lot of laws, the more I'm like, this isn't right. Yeah. Like the fact that drugs are illegal is kind of fucked up. It's kind of crazy that the cops can be like, hey, you can't spit that out. Right. Did you sneeze that Coke out? You're not allowed to do that. Come with me. It's in your body now. No, I agree. It's weird. I do. I agree with that one. It is. But that's what they They just introduced a bill that would allow the FBI and the Department of Homeland Security and all those other ones, all the, all the alphabet boys, yeah. <laughs> as Hotep, as Hotep, Hotep Jesus would say, um, to use people's search history to go in and raid, their, raid their homes. It's horrible. Because they're saying it's a part of the new crackdown on domestic terrorism. Right. Well, but, and that's, that which was Which is the just problem. history repeating itself. Because now, now that they can't squeeze... All of y'all's money and patriotism for foreign terrorism, they're going to squeeze everyone's money and emotions and rights for domestic terrorism. Because now everyone's like, why have we been in where's Iraq for 20 years? Not like over weapons of mass destruction. That used that turned out to not be a true thing. And we fought an illegal war. And then now everyone's like, oh, no, no, no. Now we got to worry about the domestic terrorists. Domestic terrorists are really scary. You got to worry about them. And we're going to take care of it. Yeah. We're going to save you. Don't worry. We're going to come here. We're going to save you. In between our Instagram lives. (laughs) (laughs) Are they on Instagram? AOC will be on Instagram live while someone's house is getting raided. Like, this is good for the country. (laughs) This is good for the country. Give up your children. Your children wants to be a boy now. Give them your child. Give them your guns. You don't exist anymore. Yeah. Like, that's what they did in Canada. Does someone want a case that they're not, like, they're, they're, somehow their child brought them to court or something that was like 15 or 16 to 
want to get a sex change and then like one and their parent will like get fined if they misgender them wow. and things like it's crazy that's crazy. yeah it's just way too much it's way too much but that's what the un that's why i don't like the un because they have it all mapped out like down to like each age and what they should be learning and it's a little bit out of hand i was watching um michael malice on a and he's like a popular like anarchist kind of libertarian kind of guy i think i don't really know much about him but he's talking about how like the way public schools were designed was because someone went to germany and saw how they were making people so compliant mm -hmm. and it was through the schooling system and then they brought it back and instilled it it in was here. it was your that's absolutely true yeah. it was lenin and marx um they were and that's why schools have a lot of um terms that come from the military like mm -hmm. stand in line we're going to do drills you know that kind of stuff mm -hmm. it all it that's because that's where that started mm -hmm. and that's why i've always loved maria montessori because she was the woman in italy that began the montessori method oh i didn't know montessori came from someone's last name yeah oh, that's so cool yeah she's a actually if you want to read about somebody amazing maria montessori was amazing woman wow i didn't know that yeah and I love her philosophies. I love her philosophies. I, one of my favorite things that they teach in Montessori school is, you know, everyone has their little rug. So you have your mm -hmm. space. Mm -hmm. and, and in public schools, it's not taught. Like, mm -hmm. I remember kids getting in my space, and I didn't like it. Mm -hmm. um, but you, this is your carpet, and no one's allowed to stand on it, walk in it, nothing. And mm -hmm. I, I love that. Um, also, it's all immersion, but it's the, the kid's choice. So they put all of the things around and then the children get to choose what it is that they want to learn. So then you also start learning about what their bents are, what mm -hmm. they really like. It's very cool. I, I, I think it's an amazing system that she created. And, and it's time to like bring that and then some, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah, schools need Take an Maria update. Montessori quantum, baby. Yeah, schools need an update. And it's, it's going to take people opening their own schools and being like, yeah. the gov look at the way the government run schools are doing things and then look at this and then see where you want to put your the results. Money. Yeah. yeah. Um, the results of that. I, I think, yeah, like there's so many cool things you can teach kids. Oh my God. That could change their whole lives. And we're just not. Yeah. I mean, even just what you were saying earlier about saying no to people, mm -hmm. learning how to. Yeah. Because you're taught to be obedient. Yeah. With, with, with grace and perfection to say no, mm -hmm. but still have that respect for them and yourself. But yeah. a lot of that's because of cultural norms and cultural things that have gotten out of hand also. <laughs> you know, it's not just the schools. It's There's a lot of things that have gotten out of hand as far as people expect certain things from other people, mm -hmm. which I think is a very dangerous thing. So that comes back to the conditional love or the conditional you know happiness or whatever it is it's it's conditioned upon something outside of you and if you can raise a kid to just love to unfold who mm -hmm. they are in their majesty oh my gosh you have a totally different world because they're in tune and connected and happy and it's awesome yeah it'll be interesting i was wondering about this how kids these days will, will bond over what they'll bond over because i was thinking about how like music movies likes dislikes is like usually what people bond over and i was like i wonder if because this past year divided people so harshly like politically and i was wondering about this too because i was like where are the people because you know that they exist the people who are like hardcore democrat leftists who are anti-maskers because those that does because i saw this one woman tweet that was like oh i'm a, uh, i voted for biden and i'm anti-mask and i don't know i don't belong anywhere and i was like that's so interesting how that became like a political alignment i was and I, how it became like the new like it became like a political bumper sticker it almost. was weird yeah i agree and, and i think the same thing is with the the shot it makes me wonder if that's how kids will start to bond you know what i mean like over over ideologies versus like hobbies yeah and like instead of like baseball cards it'll be mask no mask yeah yeah <laughs> you like right you know what i mean because think about it, if you're like an adult and you're like super scared of covid and you want your kids to hang out with like someone else but you want them to be super safe they're only going to hang out with other super safe kids and then if you're right. like older you're going to want to because i see people now who are like <laughs> i only hang out with super safe kids <laughs> yeah i only hang out with super safe kids. i want to be with the guy that's super safe <laughs> yeah your dangerous kid in the sandbox needs to go super safe you're right though because we probably both grew up not knowing or caring about any sort of political or yeah. cultural issue and now it's so prominent that well that's because the goal so is to prominent. polarize and and they yeah. know that they can do that and so as long as people are willing to bite that hook it's going to continue yeah people need to awaken to the fact that not all 
Catholic priests are horrible and not all, you know, yeah. boys are, you know, insensitive or not all cops are racist. Yeah, whatever yeah. it is. It's it, we like you said, I love that you said that I was sitting here having a proud mom moment when you were like, you know, I don't want to make any generalizations. I yeah, I, I think you almost have to make that disclaimer nowadays because people mm-hmm. assume that you're making the generalization mm-hmm. where you're not. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I just think that it is. It is people assume things about people and then they assume things about their character from that and you just don't know but it's just going to be interesting to see how many because like I was, I was talking to my friend Brianna about how our, certain friendships form in certain different ways and how some friendships form purely out of convenience and some friendships form out of literally just because they're the only person you can vent to and then you think they're your friend and I'm like I don't have any friends like this but I know people who I'm like yeah they think that this person's their friend, but it's and just they the tell person them they dump on yeah. all the time yeah. and then get mad when they're not there to dump on them. And I'm like, that's not a friendship. And it's like, it's just weird to Very see one-sided. What, the, what the base of what starts that friendship right. is just interesting. So no, I was like, it is. I wonder it's if how it's going to change how people group together. And then people are going to get so, like, I, people are going to get so bored if you're surrounded by people just like you all the time. I agree. Like, everything's becoming just so, like, boring in the sense that there's no, like, and I think provocative doesn't always have to mean, like, sexual or, like, wild or, like, crazy, but I think it just, like, there is, like, the sense of, like, boringness that comes along with um, only hanging out with people, like, with your own beliefs almost. Yeah. Like, there's so many people I know who I think are radical either way, and I'm like, they're hilarious. Yeah, and I also am one of those people that I like to create alliances and see where they go. Like, you know what I'm saying? Alliances? Like, well, you You're have, like, oh, like, I don't date. I do, I do entanglement hangouts. I don't do friendships. I do alliances. <laughs> what the fuck no, is an alliance? Okay, so a, an World alliance example would be like Carla and I doing, mm-hmm. doing the wilderness church, right? I'm her friend, but I also have like combined with her on her sex trafficking stuff. And I've combined with her. Like, it's like we're, we're allies in like a little, a little. We um, work together. Yeah. But it's it's not an actual job. It's a it's something that we do because we both it's our hobby. Our we love mm-hmm. to be boots on the ground, you know, helping and impacting others. Um, but I think it's cool because I, I'm learning this with my clients too. Because I'll have clients that come along, and we'll we'll be such like amazing friends. We'll continue on after we're done working, and and do things together like mm-hmm. you know we share stuff or whatever i mean and it's not a, a friendship it's just uh, alliance was the only word that i could come up with but uh, our hobby or yeah, whatever I'm people and be like do you want to have an alliance <laughs> i know i'm like you mean like the alliance between spider-man and iron man like yeah oh yeah <laughs> yes like that yeah my brain goes to comic book characters yeah i'll be i'll, I'll start my own justice league <laughs> man that was so Carl, sad. i went to world war ii like alliances <laughs> between countries <laughs> Um, that was what was that? What movie was that? Was it the latest Spider Man? Because you know how Iron Man dies in the last Marvel. The what? I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Then the was it Avengers Endgame? Well, they all disappeared. No, no, no. No, that's before the last movie. Iron Man is dead. Oh, 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 I see what you're saying. Yeah, he died in the last movie. But this is really funny, and I just remembered this. So I had never seen any. I'd seen some of the Marvel movies. I'd seen like Iron Man and a few other ones. But what I did, this is two years ago, I watched every single Marvel movie in order. Oh, wow. So not even necessarily the order they came out, but the order, like, the favorite universe. That's impressive. I know. (laughs) Like, in the narrative chronological order, yeah. I even watched The Hulk with Liv Tyler and, was it Mark Ruffalo? No, it's it's, it's, Ed uh, Norton. It's Edward Norton. Oh, God, that was terrible, but I watched it. No, wait, that movie's awesome. (laughs) Gosh, um, I love Edward Norton, but I just didn't feel like he was right for that. Um. But I watched all of them in order. But before that, I always knew that Marvel movies were great, but I didn't understand like the obsession with it. Oh, but I love them. I was at a I was at an open I was at a mixed open mic in LA, and which is means it's like comedy, poetry, music, which oh. is like my fucking nightmare. Yeah. Um <laughs> like literally I'm like I You're like, please put a comic up, up there. Yeah, because then you have to go up on stage right after someone just did some like weird spoken word poetry. Right, because like, they made everyone cry. Them. Yeah, and I'm like, I don't want to go up after that. But anyways, this poet asked me out. And he was like, yeah, he was like, you're just like so cool. And I'm having such a good time talking to you. Like I had tickets to go see like Endgame, but I'm just going to stay here. And at the time I was like, okay, cool. But then after I watched those movies, I was like, damn, I should have talked to him more because man, giving that up to hang out with me was actually a real sacrifice. Like poor guy made such a sacrifice. Nah, he's fine. He still texts me like once a year. I've never responded. I stopped responding. I mean, you meet someone He still thinks about like, I totally thought that Endgame thing was going to work. I know. (laughs) (laughs) It was his Endgame. Yeah. Literally. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, I know. And so did you read a new book this week? 
No, I still haven't finished. I'm, I'm reading 1984, but I haven't finished it yet. So I just read Animal Farm. I did read that, but that was like a little bit ago. But um, but it's but reading 1984 right after you read Animal Farm is just very similar, obviously. Yeah. Because yeah. it's like his whole, he's you know just making stories around the designer. It's his design. Yeah, yeah, it's his design, and it's you know super depressing. So you're not talking about Wonder Woman 1984. No, 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 no. George, George Orwell. I always want to call him George Horwell, and I can't stop. Anytime, anytime I see George Orwell, my mom goes, George Horwell. I think it would be a really funny Halloween costume. <laughs> I don't even know what he looks like. I have no idea what he looks like, but um, so far, 1984 is good. I yeah. mean, it's an interesting book. It's, I mean, it's obviously bleak and desolate, and it's supposed to be that way. Yeah, but I'm trying to get read through some of the classics that I never really read in high school or anything like that. Yeah, Jill Faring said that that movie uh, or that book with um, Matthew McConaughey Green was really Lights. good. Mm-hmm. I haven't, I didn't download it. I might. I, I'm not for some reason. I'm just he went on my suspicious list because he's running for governor possibly, and I just don't want somebody from Hollywood running for he's governor. From Texas. It's it doesn't matter. I don't I want somebody yeah. that has a He's really born and raised good Texas, heart like we were saying that they don't normally like we need a real powerful person who who earned it through their humility and their beauty mm-hmm. and their their brilliance in solving problems. Um not that that Matthew might be brilliant, mm-hmm. but I just think that there has to be something proven first in that arena before um, he jumps into governor. I think also, aren't the governors really just like the face of, I mean, they make big decisions, but they're not the actual people doing the actual work that's making the difference. They're signing things, right? <laughs> but I mean, they're choosing what they sign. It's like saying the president doesn't make it. They, they have executive orders. I mean, they can make all of us wear masks or not, which I think is unfortunate. I mean, but, but they can't really. I mean, I mean, they can to an extent, but not like, I don't know. I so think does that, that mean like the senators do all the legwork mostly, you think? And yeah, the- I don't, I mean, like, but if you think so the legislator, like, sign, yeah, like, it just, I mean, I th- not that I don't think it's important, but I think that, like, it's, I don't know. I don't know anything about Matthew McConaughey, but I do think that he's probably better than a lot of other politicians that we have who don't care at all anyways. Yeah, I think it has to come down to people who actually really care about people, mm-hmm. like, really care, and all of them. Mm-hmm. And, and are, it's kind of like a mother like okay but then I'm, how do you I'm make decisions of this to care about place. all the people because no matter what decision you make someone is going to get harmed but that's from it. but here's the thing that's going back to win-win only yeah and i've seen this with 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 couples like i even have a man who's getting back with his wife after he cheated on her like mm-hmm. this is like huge um he's like i'm falling in love again mm-hmm. and he didn't think that was possible but you have to stop like win-win you mm-hmm. have to believe in or you have to stop it's my way or your way you have to find that third way mm-hmm. and it really re- it is possible you know there is a way to to honor as many people as you can in something especially if there isn't a bunch of nefarious like back room mm-hmm. payouts i think we should just stop paying politicians so much see what happens yeah it's a volunteer Put them on job. a 15, 15 an hour minimum wage <laughs> See how long see how long it takes them to get their shit together. Like, why don't you have to work for a raise if you're a politician <laughs> from the people whose money is paying for your job? Yeah, I mean, it's really insane. It's really insane how we've set it up and how we've allowed to happen. How allowed it to happen? I just for think so the long. way that they can all become millionaires from the job yeah. is intrinsically wrong. Yeah, yeah. Also, like, what are political signs and yards doing? <laughs> are they doing anything? Are they really doing? Have you ever driven past someone's yard and been like, oh, Howie is running for mayor. I should look that up and find out. Like, yeah. what? No. What is the point but of that? But I do no, think. You just ignore it or it's going to just annoy your other neighbors. I yeah. Mean, that, they serve no actual. No purpose. Fundamental purpose. Right? No, I totally agree. I totally agree. I've always, and I've always thought, what a waste as far as like from an environmental viewpoint. That's, That's feel, my yeah. same thing I feel about the masks. I'm like, oh my gosh. Yeah, it's like 1.5 billion surgical masks are going to end up in the ocean or something like that. It's crazy. So all you, all you, all you maskers, all you super pro double maskers, you just know you're complicit in supporting the end of the planet, and we want to hold you accountable. These are all the <laughs> words that people use. Yeah, holding people accountable is the most important thing. I'm like, you really think you can hold assholes accountable? Right. Like someone who is a racist and proud to be it isn't going to be like, oh, thank you so much for holding me accountable. Right. Yeah, what? that is something what? that I think that would be minds. another thing I would teach all the children to be able to receive. Um, constructive 
criticism or whatever you want to call it. I'm sure there's a better name for it, but coaching, you know, for people to be able to receive bad news, like that guy talking to me and saying, you got to get your shit together and and start working out more so that you can improve your spiritual life, you know, if Mm -hmm. you really want to do that. And I think that's, I think that to be able to receive that and not get mad and not get offended. Mm-hmm. Um, offense is something that to me is unautomatic. Oh, I need to look at that. Yeah. If you're, it's like, who, who says that? If you're easily offended, you're easily controlled. If you're easily anything, you're easily controlled. Yeah. Which is why we stay suspicious. Yay. Stay suspicious, everybody. Mm-hmm.